Hi guys, welcome to the Instant Offense Podcast. Super psyched for our first episode. Glad to have you guys here. Uh, can't wait to go over our first ever uh, Outlook episode for week two. Yep, couldn't agree more, Elvin. This is our first official episode, so super exciting. Again, this is Sunny here. Um, let's just jump right into it. Today is our Fantasy Outlook episode. So we're going to hit you with everything you want to hear. You know, make sure your lineup is set at maximum strength for this week coming up. Um, so our insights on who you want to roll with, who to avoid, uh, differing thoughts on that for sure, but that's what makes it fun. And uh, since this lines up after the Thursday night game that we just witnessed, we got to go over that as well. Um, and as we mentioned in our introductory episode, we also have some players we're going to be keeping an eye on as the season progresses. So that's going to be a real roller coaster ride throughout this year. Uh, but yeah, let's just jump straight into it. Elvidin, kick it off with your thoughts on what we saw in that Thursday night game. So biggest thing that I'm sure everybody is deadly afraid of is the cartilage rib injury for Herbert. Oh, yeah. He couldn't even freaking throw the ball away on one of those drives. That's I scary. I don't know if you saw him. He was rolling right, and he just literally put his hand up against his rib cage and just walked right out of bounds. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's got to be freaking everybody out, especially because Herbert's been on a tear. I've loved watching Herbert start the season off. No, absolutely great young QB. Even at the end of the game, too, Mahomes came up to him. He's like, get healthy, you know, kill it this year. That's super encouraging to see. But also, just hearing the words get healthy, like it's scary for a young QB. Dude, generally, even like the Chargers O-line itself has not looked phenomenal. I don't Mm -hmm. know if the Chiefs D-lines kind of showed up to start, but you cannot let that kind of guy be getting that many hits. I mean, they got to be worried about that. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on going into the next week's. Absolutely. Protect your quarterback. And staying on the topic of the Chargers, how'd you feel about that running back? Dude. Tandem, whatever you want to call so it. The best part, I guess, about that is the fact that we'll see in a couple segments. Uh, my, I guess, sleeper low for this year, someone that I did not hear a lot of people low on going into this year, was Austin Eckler. Uh, I thought it was weird they signed Sonny Michelle. That's like a, he's a solid running back, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it was just a very weird signing for me for the Chargers. They also kept Kelly around. So, I mean, just generally, I, I don't love what I saw with what the Chargers did in the offseason with their run game. So, Austin Eckler was one of my lows going into the year. On top of that, I did not like seeing the amount of carries that he gave up to Sonny Michelle. And what I liked even less was how efficient Sonny Michelle was with the carries he got. I mean, I, I don't know. I'd be a little freaked out. Sonny Michelle had four carries for 13. Joshua Kelly had four carries for 22. So, I, I, I don't know. They both had a higher average than Eckler. Eckler had 14 carries for 39 yards, averaging less than three a carry. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a total of uh, 22 carries for the Chargers, and Eckler only had 14 of them. No, that's that's concerning. I mean, like you said at the beginning of the season, a little bit of a red flag. You signed Sony Michelle, a more than serviceable running back, pretty young. Um, you know you can take you know some bruise in there. And Eckler... Red zone-wise, he wasn't very involved. I mean, if you take away, what do you have, eight catches or so? He actually had nine. So the, he was nine catches. in the passing game, he was definitely involved. But the thing we also got to think about is uh, Herbert's guy wasn't out there. So Keenan Allen wasn't out there. That's I guess some true. people argue Mike Williams, but Keenan Allen wasn't out there. Everett got an uptick, and you'd think Eckler would be at least like a slight uptick, and mm-hmm. I think he was. So, I mean, I think we're arguing Eckler's looking at like five-ish to seven-ish catches a week, which is nice. That's I mean, PPR-based. I'm, I'm, sure I'm still pretty comfortable with that. Carries about 14-ish. I, I, don't, I don't hate it, but just something about Eckler, I, just, I don't have a great feeling going into the season. And, I mean, he hasn't been able – he's been allergic to the end zone to start, so mm-hmm. that, that doesn't help either. I, I don't know. I'm just not 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cause for concern. And two, you mentioned Mike Williams, who, I mean, he's a monster. He killed it. I, we saw what I expect to see. Superstar has a bad game. Next game, what do they do? Totally force feed the superstar. That's exactly what I expected. We, I think the first two passes of the game, Herbert went straight to Mike Williams. Oh, yeah. So, totally expected. I'm glad he had that kind of If he didn't have that game, I'd be a little freaked out. A bad game compounded with the number one wide receiver out, and he has another bad game, that would have kind of raised some red flags for me. But I, I'm glad we got to see that from Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll consistently go eight for 120 with a touchdown, but, I mean, who will? For but sure. When Keenan gets back, I I think Mike Williams gets his share, but Keenan's still my guy. I know you feel a little differently about that, but Keenan's still my yeah, guy in, that, in I mean, that wide receiver room. I'm higher on Mike Williams. Uh, it's tough in the, the fourth quarter. I'm pretty sure he was held without a catch. Second half, he had, like, two catches. So they obviously zoned in on him. But I know you mentioned earlier, too, force-feeding. He went Mike Williams early and often. But what was up with Gerald Everett? He was looking his way a lot, too. That pick six, he was looking a little too much his way. I don't know. That was was totally weird. Everett signaled to the sideline, basically begging to get the heck out the game. The coaches, I don't know if it's between the coaches or what, but Everett turns around, waddles back into the huddle. I don't know if Herbert doesn't notice that Everett's struggling to breathe, <laughs> right. let alone line up on the line or exactly what happened with that. Then on top of that, Herbert forced I, – I think he forced that pass more to Everett when Williams was at a nicer spot, and I think Williams could have made that catch. I think a low ball to Williams would have worked out much better than forcing it on the inside of uh, Everett. Right. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but – Overall, that was just weird. But the the target share was nice. I mean, if you're looking for a tight end, especially depending on how long Keenan's out, Everett's a very serviceable option. He mm-hmm. did a good job in Los Angeles when he got the targets. Yep. Uh, Herbert likes throwing to his tight ends. I mean, we saw that before, but he likes receivers more. But either way, I mean, Herbert threw 48 passes last night. And, I mean, we expect Herbert to throw as many balls as he can. Herbert loves to get the ball in there, and the Chargers mm-hmm. do too. And I mean, there's only so many targets to go around. I mean, between Keenan and Mike Williams, yeah, they'll take some, and Eckler will take some, but even a oh, fourth yeah. target when you're looking at a tight end isn't isn't a horrible option at offense like this one. No, definitely. I mean, hopefully, again, Herbert's healthy. Uh, I always kind of thought Everett was underutilized back in the Rams. I feel like whenever they needed him, when they, you know, Cooper Cup's not open, which he is on 90% of the plays, but when he wasn't, they looked to Everett a lot. He made some big plays for them. Um, we went over the Chargers a good amount. Let's jump on to, you know, that guy, Patty Mahomes. What was going on on the Chiefs side of the ball? Uh, uh, let's start with their running backs, too. Let's go into, you want to call it a tandem? You want to call it Man, a I do not uh, want to call it that. I think the only reason we saw what we saw out of that Chiefs backfield was when they said that Edward Ziller got stepped on. I honestly think Edward Ziller has an even better game if he stays in the game and doesn't get stepped on. I didn't know to what extent he got stepped on. I, I got a notification on Sleeper App saying he got stepped on. Right. I don't know if it was on his hand, on his forearm. Was it a lineman? Did freaking Mahomes step on him? I don't know. I Someone heavier part. probably. Yeah, Someone I missed heavier, that part. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, either way, I think I like Alaire more than I even initially liked him. I think Alaire is getting to the point where he's a threat to be an RB1 every week. With this offense and the amount that they're, I guess, uh, I don't even know how to word it, the amount that they're, Adapting to what's in mm-hmm. front of them. This offense looks not scarier than when I had Tyreek Hill, but very different. I mean, the, the Chiefs themselves went with, like, a nice slow route in the beginning, and we saw the second half. Mahomes came out, and he was just launching balls. They right. even mentioned in the post game where they were showing that in, like, two and a half seconds or even less, he was just doing two-step drops and getting the ball out of his hands. 
And when they're doing stuff like that, I mean, yeah, of course you love Kelsey, but Alaire is a guy who's going to get some balls, who's going to get maybe make more catches than we might have even anticipated. So Alaire right. is a guy I like a lot to start the season, as long as he can stay on the field and avoid getting stepped on going forward. No, definitely. I agree. Um, just overall, Alaire was almost one of the guys that put on my lows and just kind of as I watched him and watched the Chiefs offense, even yesterday was very rare to me. On one of the big runs, he broke out. He was just 100% focused on covering the ball, making sure he doesn't get stripped. He's had a little bit of fumble issues in the past, and like you don't really see that that often with running backs nowadays. And to go back to your point on the Chiefs as a whole, obviously lost Tyreek Hill, and it feels almost like they're not as dependent on that big breakaway play anymore. Like You're kind of watching them move up the field a little bit slower, and Mahomes did have that big shot downfield, but other than that, we didn't really see any passes, you know, go go deep as we're used to seeing the with that Chiefs offense. One thing I will say about that is: is there a single wide receiver you want to own on this Chiefs team? And that's a great point. I, I flexed in one of my leagues, Hardman, Hardman, last night, and I, I instantly regretted it. And just generally, I, I don't even know which wide receiver I want. I don't know if I've even been rostering Sky Moore. He hasn't shown me anything. Yeah, I forgot that guy was out there. I mean, Joshua Palmer, you'd rather have him in there, right? Totally. And, and you did have him sneak, in there. That was a sneaky <laughs> ad last night in one of my leagues. Yeah, Joshua oh, yeah. Palmer. Thank God he got that touchdown with Henry. That would have been a total failure of an ad. But I mean, great, great move. Great move to make. Guy that was very much slept on with Keenan out. Like you said earlier, the targets have to go around somewhere. I think in a deep league, you can, you're always safe with players especially wide receivers, from teams like the Chargers. Mm -hmm. Teams that are going to air the ball out 45 to 50 times, especially in a game like this where both teams are going to try to get on the scoreboard and score as many points as they can. Games like this, that's when you want, or when you're okay flexing that random wide receiver who maybe only played 20 snaps last week, but because of an injury, he's going to get a lot more field time. No, so absolutely. I think that's something to look at going forward, especially, especially with a team like the Chargers, and especially with Keenan Allen getting older and possibly – some injuries around the corner. We never know what, yep. what what's waiting for Keenan. Out more games, possibly. Um, but yeah, looking forward on the Chiefs side too. Kelsey, Man. last you know, few times he's played the Chargers, he's been a force to be reckoned with. And to be fair, he was stopped on the one yard line a couple of times. He could have easily gotten for the touchdown, but it wasn't as dominant of a game as we're used to seeing from him. I don't know if that's like. How about him getting totally body slammed? Oh yeah, that oh, was that was a weird look. That was we're used to Kelsey being a big bad, <laughs> biting people's around, just for him being picked up and just dropped by Darwin. Yeah, James. I don't know. Weird. Is that like a, an omen or something going forward that he's just kind of done being that so number one scary, guy? The scariest thing for me, part of what you said, the Chiefs not having not not that they don't have the big playability, but that. Yesterday, Kelsey's longest catch was 19 yards. Mm -hmm. So just generally, Kelsey did not... I mean, it's a Thursday night. Maybe the NFL bodies aren't really ready for this early action. I mean, they, they played yeah. less than a week ago. So I First mean, Thursday night game. That's true. That's true. There's definitely some of that. I mean, week one, seeing him go eight for 121 with a touchdown, I'm not... It's not like I'm throwing red flags out. Yeah. Kelsey's still in my tight end one. I'm still taking Kelsey over Mark Andrews and everyone else. For sure. And... In one of my leagues, I proved it. I mean, I picked him, I think, early third round, which surprised me that he was even falling that far in some leagues. But I, that was a little weird to see. So we're just going to hope it was a fluke in week three. Uh, Kelsey comes around and shows out. So For sure. He's definitely still top tight end. Kind of what I was thinking more is, is he kind of starting to follow that traditional route of a tight end where 
he is more prone to being kind of a boomer bust. He's not always going to be giving you those consistent points because throughout his career and where he's been drafted, he's always been Mr. Consistency at tight end. So I don't think he's at the point where he's a regular tight end because now we're, we're talking about his bad game right now, and mm-hmm. he had five for 51. Right. So PPR, he did. Phenomenal, yeah. The problem is you didn't draft a solid tight end. You drafted Travis Kelsey expecting that – when he lines up across from whoever the heck they put at tight end on the other side, unless it's Mark Andrews, that you automatically got the win. Yep. And last night in the league that I have Kelsey, I played against Garrett, uh, Everett, and Everett outscored Kelsey. Right. So that's – it's not a great thing to see, but, again, I'm not panicking about it just yet. It's just something to keep an eye on as – I guess as it goes from here, see how the rest of the season goes and see if they do – if the Chiefs do do this where they kind of spread the ball around, wherever it goes, it goes – and uh, whoever's open gets the ball. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I guess we're going to see what the Chiefs do from here. The one thing I will say is the Chiefs look comfortable. Two, two nice wins to start the season. Yep. Chargers are no joke. And no, they come I mean, out, they beat them on Thursday night. Yeah, it was at home, but still, a big division win. Divisional game. 2-0 to start without Hill. I mean, Chiefs are uh, a team that's looking pretty good. I mean, as of right now, I got nothing bad to say about them. I just want to mm-hmm. see if the big playability hurts them. Not having that Tyreek Hill threat i want to see how, how much that changes as the year goes on that's what i'm curious to see as well uh when they play someone like the bills or an offense where they really got to keep up that's going to be a true test but enough of that thursday night game we dug into it pretty well all right i I'm would super say excited i know i'm cutting you off but i'm super excited i'm i can't wait to get so preseason i know i know it's hard to say that now listen to you guys but preseason me and sunny lined up Five guys were loving, and five guys were not loving going into the season. Mm-hmm. So we looked at rankings from Fantasy Pros, Yahoo, ESPN, and we kind of were surprised by some of these guys. So this is going to be baited or underrated. All right, guys, baited or underrated. This is our year-long segment where we track individual players and where we think that they should be ranked versus where they were. Baited, meaning you got baited, meaning you probably, if you had this guy on your team, you probably grabbed him way too high. Maybe you got lucky and he fell fell to you. Like some of these guys we do think are just slightly out of position. So there is definitely guys who are a slight miss or underrated, meaning if you got this guy on your team, odds are you got him much later than you should have because of their ADP and how they were ranked in Fantasy Pros, Yahoo's, and ESPN. So I'm going to let Sonny kick it off. Um, you want to go start with baited or the underrated segment, man? Well, let's go baited. And we talked about him a little earlier. You brought him up. He's your boy. He's not mine. <laughs> let's go with Keenan Allen as one of my baited players. Uh, consensus, you bring him in out of all those sites you mentioned, ESPN, Fantasy Pros, Yahoo, number nine wide receiver. I don't know about that. Uh, he's already out. He's already out. He's missed the game. I would put him comfortably at like 15 to 20. Uh I think it was huge what we saw out of Mike Williams. Yeah, he's a bit of a boomer bust guy. Um, they just have a lot of mouths to feed. Everett is commanding targets. Eckler's is getting those targets that he needs to. I don't know. I just don't see Keenan Allen finishing inside the top 10. That's why I'm thinking I can put him, you know, 15 to 20 spot. Um, I don't totally disagree. I know it sounds weird. Keenan Allen is my boy. I've loved Keenan Allen for years. I mean, I've been on the Keenan Allen bandwagon for as long as... I can remember. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this guy used to go much later. There was drafts where Keenan used to slip into the fourth, fifth round. But this year, seeing him go in the third round, I'm not opposed to what you're saying. I don't think Keenan Allen's going to be a top 10 wide receiver. I think if you drafted Keenan Allen to be your number one wide receiver and to be a top 10 wide receiver, this year is not going to look good for you. And hopefully you pick somebody up along the way to make up for it. 
I, I agree with you with Keenan not being a top 10. Uh, 15 to 20 is where I'm starting to raise some questions. I, I think he slips into the wide receiver two category. So I, def- I I don't see how he would not. I mean, I think if Keelan's your second wide receiver, you're comfortable. That's what I'm trying to say. So I think I, I easily see Keenan being in the top 16. So that's yeah. where I guess I would ask you, what what spot do you not see Keenan reaching, I guess? This is my question to you. I just think, I don't know. Like I mentioned, he's out of game already. He's competing for a lot of targets. Now, yeah, he is that safety blanket for sure. He's that veteran receiver that they need to get those targets. I just don't think it's going to equate to enough points to get him past 15. I could see him at 15. Okay. I just don't see him I don't see him pushing any further than that. All right, cool. We're on the same boat with that. I'll give you that. I, I, I'm comfortable. If I had to put him somewhere, I'm thinking 14 to 16 for Keenan. So 15 is a nice number. So I don't disagree with you. If people are grabbing Keenan to be the number nine wide receiver this year, then yep. I, I'm, I'm 100% on your boat where 14 to 16, a.k.a. 15, sounds a lot, a lot nicer. So I don't disagree with you at all on that one. Before I forget, too, how you mentioned him going way later. Remember when Antonio Brown was going like the sixth, seventh round? Man, <laughs> and then he blew up. Just came to mind. That was that was legendary for sure. But what do you got cooking over there? Are you doing baited or underrated next? So I guess just to keep on your bandwagon, uh, Austin Eckler. So Austin Eckler preseason was ranked uh, number three by both Yahoo and ESPN. ESPN did separate rankings for PPR and non. Both had Austin Eckler at number three for running backs. Uh, Fantasy Pros, a little more reasonable, had him at number five. I don't see... Eckler as an upper echelon running back this year. So I don't see him in the top half of running back ones. So assuming we're doing 12 teams, I mean six running backs, I can just off the top of my head, I can name six that I think are going to do better than them. I don't think Eckler crags the top eight this year. Okay. That was that was my number. I think Eckler's outside of eight. I honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised to see him slip just into the end of the wide receiver, I mean, running back one, running back two category. I wouldn't be surprised if Eckler's outside the top ten. But the number I had preseason is I said Eckler would not be top eight. With mm-hmm. how this year started, like I said, I wouldn't even be surprised if we don't even see him in the top ten. But I'll stick to my number eight, and I don't think Eckler's cracking the top eight. Yeah, I definitely don't disagree there. I was not high on Eckler coming into the season either. Uh, just who he is as a running back, I don't think he's built to get the amount of volume to equate to you know cracking, like you said, the top eight. I could see him. As a 10 running back, and I had a league where a guy took him even number two overall, so there's some high hopes for him, but they don't seem like they trust him in the red zone. He's not necessarily a big back. He's a great passing down back, don't get me wrong, but how often do you get a guy so early in a draft that's a passing down back, and you're like, this is going to be the guy? Like, that? that's not really realistic. Another thing I wouldn't be surprised is if the Chargers are going opposite of what the Colts are doing, where maybe they're just trying to spread the love a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're worried about overfeeding Eckler. I, I'm not sure. It's not like they're giving insane amount of carries away from Eckler, but to see close to 10 to, like ten rushes yesterday were not Eckler's, and only two were Herbert's. So, I mean, I I think that a bunch of stuff's going to come together. I think Eckler could still have a good year. I just think a bunch of people who grabbed him thinking he's going to be the third best running back this year are going to be very mistaken at the end. That's all. No, I was totally to agree. And to that point, who's their franchise player? It's not Eckler. It's Herbert. They're going to want Herbert to shine. They're going to want to get him the ball. Indianapolis, you look at them, they had Carson Wentz, and now they have Matt Ryan. Not even in the same stratosphere as Herbert, especially being a young guy like he is. I just don't see the volume. I don't see... Yeah, I just totally agree with that pick there. 
Um, all right. So who you who you got next for your baited or underrated? You know, let's switch it around. Go to underrated. Keep it on the running back train. Leonard Fournette. This guy, he's been around for a while. Definitely mixed opinions on him. Coming in uh, to this season, 12th ranked consensus running back. Uh, what we saw in game one, if this guy is healthy, he is one of the few remaining workhorses left in this league. Zeke has passed that category. He clearly was spit or splitting 50%. <laughs> spitting <laughs> he might as well have been spitting honestly <laughs> wasn't doing much else he's done with that um i don't know for net henry even didn't seem like he was getting fed that much again it's one game but he really looked like he was taking a lot of the load off of tom brady and they were depending on him um and again if his health stays okay i know he's dealing with a little bit of an injury right now he should be playing though um i can see him cracking top eight easily Easily, the fact that he was out of the top ten alone to me is a little bizarre. Um, I just think he has all the weapons. Um, he doesn't really have true competition. Rashad White is not, not really, you know, making him work for his snaps, and he's a great passing down back too. So he's again out on the field for most of the plays. I like Leonard Fournette a lot this year for so, the Bucks. On your note, uh, Fantasy Pros had Fournette preseason ranked as the number fourteen running back. Oh wow! I agree that I think he's a running back one. I just think he's on the low end of the spectrum. I think eight might be a little high, and I know I'm kind of drawing at straws right here, but I think 10 to 12 is where I expect Fournette. So I think he might be slightly underrated, but I, I don't know. Part of what I've seen of Fournette is as long as he has the volume, I expect him to be a good running back. So I think there's no way, if he, if he stays healthy all year, I think there's no way he's not a running back one. So I think 14 is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. But 8, I feel like you're a little high. But, hey, I mean, I, I think we're, we're close on that one. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. No, absolutely. I totally get where you're coming from, too. Running backs are always always a bit of a toss-up. But uh, what do you got next? Did you want to go into your underrated? So my underrated running back, who I had this year, who I've been all over. I mean, I, I'm talking in two of my leagues where I had a top-five pick. I went with Alvin Kamara. I loved everything about Alvin Kamara. I love I, Kamara. I, I, Jameis Winston coming in with all those wide receiver threats. Jameis Winston's the guy who spreads the ball, throws the ball around. I feel like all defenses will be scared of that offense, will be scared of the top coming off of that offense. So I expected defenses to sit back and wait on Kamara, and I, I thought Kamara would have the touches. And I, I, For me, Kamara was easy a top three pick. There was no doubt in my mind. So the way the season started, I look – absolutely wrong but i still think kamara could turn it around i i don't see why not i I think kamara is easily a top four running back i think he could get the volume i think this year started at a point where it doesn't look great a rib injury can linger that's very scary to start off but i still believe in kamara i said sorry i said he'd be a top three back i'm a little worried about him ending top three but i'm gonna stick to my guns from preseason and i'm saying he's gonna end in the top three of running backs this year I respect that, honestly, keeping the faith with him. I love Kamara. I was huge on him, too. Not to say I'm not huge on him anymore. I mean, I know Mark Ingram's there. They just signed Latavius Murray. They've got those two veteran backs behind them. Not sure that that's like a red flag, but rib injuries do tend to linger. It's possible. So I'm very curious to see if he actually is out this week or what's going to happen. But like you said, they put a lot of weapons around Jameis Winston. They rode Kamara hard last year. They gave him the ball goddamn near every play. He had the ball in his hands. He has every reason to produce. Top three is just 
tough for me to get behind, and I love the guy. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, even Derrick Henry, you're putting him up there with him. McCaffrey, if he's healthy, it's going to take a lot for him to crack top three. But again, the way Saquon has started, I agree. I mean, the the Jonathan yeah. Taylor, if Jonathan Taylor is healthy all year. He's the number one running back. There's no one who's arguing against that. Yep. Like I got like, I, if he didn't get 70 touches week one, I'd be surprised. The guy, the guy was all over the field. I don't think he sits on the bench. I, I'm surprised they even roster any other running backs. The Colts love Taylor. So I'm definitely not putting him above Taylor. And the way Saquon started, DeAndre Swift looked phenomenal to start. So I agree, top three, I, I'm agreeing with you right now, is a bit of a stretch. I'm just going to stick to my preseason rankings because this one might be one that I'm a little wrong on, but I think there's a couple other ones that I looked at on. So we're just going to keep going through the rankings and let's see how the rest of them look. No, so, again, I, I respect got coming that, next. But hold on, i got to ask you a quick question. Is this blasphemy? Is Javante Williams going to finish above Alvin Kamara this season? No. There's no doubt in my mind he is not. Melvin Gordon gets way too much field time. And I think everyone forgot about how good Melvin Gordon is. Does he have problems holding on to football? Yeah. Is that a little intimidating? Yeah, sure. But the Broncos don't look like they're that worried about it. I mean, we got Fumble City in Denver. They both already have a fumble. That's true. Uh, Javante also has shown me no... I, I know he's not like the elusive back, but from what no, I've seen from Jamonte, he runs he runs hard oh, and he so catches the ball and he goes in a straight line. Yep. Which I think I love I kinda love what Denver's doing. The Thunder Lightning combo of having Melvin Gordon come in and kinda shake you out your cleats and yep. right when you think he's going left, he goes right, and then here comes Javante and he's going through you. He doesn't care if you think he's going left or right or he's not juking anybody. He's gonna go right through you and he's gonna get fifteen yards and he would have only got 12, but he just carried your ass another yep. three yards. So, I mean, I I love what Denver got, has going on, but I also think they're going to give Russell Wilson the ball, as much as I hate Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson's going to get the ball. I think he's going to spread the ball around. They're going in with the two-back system. They went damn near 50-50 last week. I, I can't see Javante Williams going ahead of Kamara. Now, Injuries are the one thing that could ruin no, I mean, Kamara's that's, standing. Uh, if, that's the wild card, for If sure. Kamara is healthy and Kamara does what he can do, he will be ahead of Javante Williams. If Kamara misses games and he only plays 8 to 10 games this year, would I be surprised if Williams was ahead of him? No, not at all. I mean, definitely don't disagree. I think Denver's best chance to be a successful team is to feed Williams and Gordon as much as they possibly can. Do I think that they have the IQ to do that based off of how they lost the last game? I don't think so. The I, coaching seems to be a little bit in question. But. Me and you might be the only guys who have been in sync on Russell Wilson for a couple of years. Yeah, I agree. I don't see how Russell Wilson coming into Denver is altering this team. Are they better than with Drew Locke? Yeah, I mean, they could have put me at quarterback. Yeah, would have been was? a little better than with Drew Locke. <laughs> I mean, Drew Locke just went to Seattle and lost his starting job to freaking Geno Smith, who was... A career backup. I don't hey, think Gino's, Gino thought he'd come back. He's doing he did well. a great job. I'm not, well. I'm not saying Gino didn't do great, but I don't even think Gino thought he had a chance at another starting job. So, I mean, yeah, they got better. Don't get me wrong. But to me, Russell Wilson isn't the guy that people think he is anymore. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson isn't the type of guy to just tuck that ball and start running. And I think other teams know that. And they're making him kind of air the ball out a little bit. And he has the receivers to do some damage in Denver. Don't get me wrong. But the O-line he has in Denver is not great. That defense is solid. Don't get me wrong. Uh, he has the threats. They can do some damage. I'm not trying to say Denver won't do anything, but I think Russell Wilson is overrated generally. I don't think he's the quarterback that a lot of people make him out to be. But, again, that's just me. I know a lot of people are all over him. So. Yeah, I see where you're all coming from. Let's keep on that. trucking, man. What you what you got going on next? Uh, let me jump into baited again. I will keep it at a QB level since we're kind of on the topic of Russell. Uh, Matthew Stafford. 
The former lion himself, the Super Bowl champ. Now, oh, man. crazy to hear. Crazy to hear. I don't even want to talk about it. So he's looking at number thirteen in ESPN, number twelve Fantasy Pros, and thirteen in Yahoo too. More than modest numbers. Nothing crazy. I just, I don't know. That first game, obviously, you can't judge that much off a of first game. Of course, there were the reports of elbow inflammation, whatnot. I, I feel like every QB eventually is going to have some kind of elbow inflammation. You're throwing the ball 30 times a game for all those games in the season. But it just seemed like there wasn't much chemistry with anyone but Cup. And we saw that last year, too. But what we kind of missed in that first game was a dominant defense to kind of make that from becoming so obvious to everyone else to see. You got Allen Robinson. You let Odell Beckham go. Allen Robinson, by all means, should be a much better receiver than Odell at this point in time in his career. He should be. He should be, but he's not, clearly, based on that first game. There was no chemistry. He looked like he didn't want to be out there. Stafford looked like he didn't even want him out there. Uh, I don't know. 12, 12 seems a bit high to me. He throws so many times a game that I'm not saying he's going to be absolutely horrible like he's gonna fall so i think basically what you're trying to say is in 12 team leagues stafford won't be a starter by the end of the year so basically saying he he's should not be your starter yeah so what you're saying is i guess comfortably in the 15-ish range i guess it's a number, nice number to put him on so you're saying yeah. stafford's gonna be less than 15 he's by all means serviceable i just think if you you took him where he's more often than not landing i think you're gonna be a little disappointed he's not gonna have the year that he had last year so what i will say about stafford is we saw it in detroit here in detroit he finds a guy he loves, and that guy gets the ball. Good and now with a guy like Cup, he Cup will get the ball. And then with a coach like McVay, who finds a way... I mean, I'm still in disbelief 90% of the time. I swear to God, Cup is open for half the game. Oh, yeah. And when Cup isn't open, there's a linebacker two feet away two feet away from him who everybody knows isn't staying with no Cup. No shot. So whatever McVay does to come up with these schemes to get someone like Cooper Cup open all the freaking time, I mean, I, I still don't get that. So I think Cup gets his volume, and... I mean, everybody in Detroit knows Stat Pafford. So I think Stafford gets his stats, but the elbow thing is what scared the crap out of me in preseason. And this is what we talked about. The weird thing about that, I get inflammation. I get what they say. The weird thing about that was when they came out and said it was a baseball-related injury, like a baseball-like injury is what they called it. They said it was a tendonitis that pitchers usually get. And even week one, they talked about it, where they said the Rams literally hired a baseball injury expert or doctor or whatever they said where they it was it was just outside of the realm of something normal for a quarterback so i know everyone gets all oh yeah sidearm or he loves to throw sidearm or whatever yeah don't get me wrong but i i just thought it was very weird i, I think everything about the rams is looking very weird this mm-hmm. year i think the rams are gonna have a humbling year i could be totally wrong i think there's just a lot of weird stuff cam Akers goes from this great running back to which i'll later know him to what i think is a nobody uh, Allen Robinson, I don't see him doing much this year, but I could be wrong. They lost their tight end. That mm-hmm. offensive line doesn't look great. The defense doesn't look like where it was. I mean, there's just a lot of weird thing, weird things going on in Los Angeles, and I don't mind you saying Stafford was a bit overrated. Just a bit. Just a bit. But away from the Rams, hit me with your next one. What are we going with? All right, so I guess to continue on your beta train, and uh, I guess because I just mentioned, mentioned him, I might as well keep going. Uh, Cam Akers. I know it's easy to say now, and I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, yeah, after week one, no, duh. But there was some weird injury, I guess, reports or weird injuries lingering with Cam Akers. He had, I think, the muscle thing going on preseason where they said that Henderson was kind of getting a lot of first-team reps in practice, 
which I thought was kind of weird. And then out of nowhere, we started seeing little bits and pieces from random reporters talking about how well Henderson was doing. And when you look back at it, Henderson, did, he was a very serviceable running back last year. Mm-hmm. And he's just a year older this year. So maybe he's a year wiser. Maybe he's a little bit better when it comes to the position. Uh, Henderson has shown he can catch a ball. He's shown that he's a good running back overall. So I, I just thought it was very weird with the reports that were coming out of Los Angeles were very Henderson-based, in my opinion. So what I said... Cam Akers was ranked about 15-ish on ESPN. He was ranked a little lower on Fantasy Pros and Yahoo was coming in the 20s. But I think by the end of the season, Cam won't even be startable. I think Cam's going to be outside of the top 35 running backs at the end of the year. I, I even said our, I, th- I said he'd be outside of running back 36. I would not be surprised if at the end of the season we saw Cam Akers as the overall 40th running back. So he was one of my baited picks. That is bold for sure, saying he's Practically, or not practically, he's unstartable, basically, is what you're telling me. And I, I think he's borderline unrosterable. If, if by yeah. the end of this year, Henderson played every game, I would not be surprised if Cam Akers was just floating around free agency by the end of the year. I mean, Henderson had 80-something percent of freaking snap share on the first week, mm-hmm. and no one even said anything was wrong with Cam Akers week one. And then what was coming out was about him getting blown up on a play or something along those lines where someone got to Stafford because he didn't do a great job blocking. We've seen historically some rookies struggle with blocking that don't figure it out. Some do, but it looks like maybe Cam Akers is one of those that hasn't figured it out. He's been dealing with those injuries since his rookie year. So maybe he's just never figured out the blocking portion. Maybe McVay is going to go a different route. I mean, the way they play Cup anyway, he's kind of short yardage. They do a little dink and dumps to him. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not even rostering Cam Akers personally. If he's on my waiver wire, there's other guys I like more that I'm adding to my bench that are not Cam Akers. I mean, I definitely wouldn't say I disagree. And it's a good point about the blocking. They're not playing behind. Stafford himself is not playing behind this great offensive line. They need a reliable back. And I think Henderson does give them that. He's nothing spectacular. He's not this freak athlete. He's not going to, you know, make the highlight reel every week. But he's good. You get him the ball, and he's going to hold on to it, and he's going to do his job. Um, I avoided Cam Akers going into all my drafts due to those injury concerns. Talk about he's not going to be ready, this and that. But I think there's a possibility he could turn it on the second half of the year if he gets healthy. I wouldn't say he's unrosterable right now. I don't disagree. But I think I I wouldn't be surprised if he picks it up the second half of the year either. The one thing I I know McVay does, McVay does a great job offensively. He's a genius. So I would not be surprised if we see the Rams struggling a little bit. But the running game is consistent, let's say. So maybe what McVay does is leaves Henderson in there and lets him get his touches. I, I We haven't seen from McVay the running back by committee style that other coaches like to have. Not that he doesn't do it at all, but there's just some coaches who force it a little more than he does. He seems like he likes to give it to one guy and let him get into a rhythm. So I agree with you. It's definitely possible the Cam Akers gets it together at the end of the year, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he has little to no points by relatively late on in the season to where even if he has a good final stretch – he still might barely break into a running back two category, which would still make me wrong. But at the end of the day, I think overall, I would not be surprised if Cam Akers ends outside of the top 36 running backs. That's why I had him ranked at about RB 36 going into the season. No, I like that beta pick. I like that a lot. I mean, it's a lot of uncertainty, and you don't want uncertainty in fantasy. You don't. You want a guy that's reliable that can get you those points. So, I'm, Oh, man, especially I me. I know whenever I've done fantasy rankings or anything fantasy-related, I like having the guy who's going to get his touches. That's oh, yeah. where a lot of the differences between Mike Williams and Keenan Allen is a good example where you just love Mike Williams. And I'm a huge fan of Keenan Allen because I know Keenan Allen's going to get his. 
Keenan Allen's going to have those crappy games where we say, wow, that was a really bad game. I barely saw Keenan Allen. And when we look at the box score, he had five catches for 60 yards. Those are the kind of wide receivers that I love. I love the running backs who, at the end of the game, we say, uh, not a great game, but he had 80% of snap share, and he had almost all of the rushes, and he got a couple of catches of the backfield. It just wasn't working today. So I, I'm always volume-based. I'm not the boomer buzz guy. I'm the volume guy. And I know sometimes you've been on the other end, but... That's probably where some of my optimism for Acres comes in. Yeah, and A I little we'll bit see. of a... Uh... A little hopeful. <laughs> All right, who you got going next? Baited or underrated, man? I'm going underrated. I'm going to keep it since I mentioned Stafford last. Uh, we brushed on this guy a little bit. Jameis Winston on the Saints. We mentioned he's got some good weapons around him now. He's got that that safe target of Jarvis Landry. Always a good guy to pick out. Kamara's health is definitely a concern that we will have to kind of wait and see on. But... um. If I could, for example, consider 19th overall, just about he's floating in the 19 range once then. If I could flip him and Stafford even, I would I was this season going forward. I mean, he had a more than serviceable game. This game here. I don't know, I just see it with one, you know, 24, 269, two touchdowns, no picks. Huge. I see him throwing an interception that's like a miracle. Like, you must have figured versus Tampa Bay. One, it's his team. Two, he tore his ACL against this team last year. I think this is a huge rebound game, and I think that's him going for the rest of the season. So, again, if I could swap Winston, put him at 12, shoot Stafford up to 19, I think I'm going Winston, and I think you get him at a lot better value in your drafts, of course. I just like I like what he's showing this year. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of leagues right now, 10 teams for sure, but even 12-team leagues where Winston's still available. Mm-hmm. And I'm 100% with you. Winston's the guy where, man, even if he throws two three picks, who cares? He probably threw four touchdowns and 400 yards. We're going to see how the Saints offense operates with him. I don't know if they're going to be Tampa Bay style where they just let him kind of pull back and release whatever he can. I also love Winston. I loved everything about Winston. I put a preseason bet on him to be the MVP of the league. Not that I'm saying I think he'll be the MVP, but just the odds were at a nice spot. And I saw the odds climb a lot on Winston. So there was a lot of people who were who, – he was getting some juice. He was getting some steam going into the season. And I wouldn't be surprised if Winston had a good year. Winston's also at the point where he's got to prove it. If Winston doesn't get it together on the Saints contract, I mean, he's going to be the next Geno Smith. And I'm, Geno Smith is, I guess, a bad example because he's starting again. But he's going to be a career backup if he can't get it together in New Orleans, in my opinion. So I think this this season matters a lot for him. So I, I like that pick. I like Winston basically being a start, starting quarterback in 12-team leagues. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I think I'd, I'd comfortably agree with that. I wouldn't even be surprised if Winston ends the season top 10. Yeah, and I mean, Mike Thomas is back. I don't know if he's the Mike Thomas of old. He looked pretty good game one, but anyone that can add in Mike Thomas. Chris Olave, Mike Thomas, Jarvis Landry, those are three guys that I would love to have in my wide receiver room as a quarterback. Or even just like, for example, as a Lions fan. I mean, that, that sounds great. I mean, Olave, who has all the potential in the world. Michael Thomas, who, yeah, he's a couple years removed, but, I mean, Michael Thomas was freaking insane when Dominant. he was in the league. I mean, you, no one was surprised when he had 10, 12 catch games. That was like normal. You just expected 10 for 100 and probably a touchdown from Michael Thomas every week. So, I mean, Michael Thomas is no joke. Jarvis Landry might not have shown it in Cleveland, but Jarvis Landry is also a great wide receiver. And I love I love his hands. I love Jarvis Landry generally. So I, I, I agree with you. I think Winston has all the help in the world right now, and I think it's a great time for him. I think it's a great place for him. So I, I couldn't agree with you more there. No, totally. It's... It's all up to him, really. Let's see how he performs, but what do you got next? So I guess on that exact same note, and considering they were ranked just one spot apart, Justin Fields. Justin Fields was a guy that I loved going into this season. 
I think they did Justin Fields wrong last year with the coaching. I think it was obvious that not that they didn't want him, but that they were, they were just uncomfortable with someone like Justin Fields. And I think this year the Bears are out to prove something. Maybe week one didn't show it, but playing in a freaking hurricane doesn't help. So I, I honestly think the Bears' offense is going to look much better, especially as the season goes on. And that's why I think Justin Fields, who was kind of in the 16 to 18 range in most preseason rankings, I think he's going to be a bona fide QB1 by the end of the season. I think Justin Fields is going to be a guy who you can start every week. And I think by the end of the year, the worst he'll be is a QB12 this year. I would not be surprised if Justin Fields is a top 10 QB by the end of the year. I think he, he can maneuver on the ground. He can get some yardage. He has some weapons in Chicago. The offensive line isn't great, but I, th- I, I honestly think Justin Fields is going to have a great year this year. So Justin Fields was one of my uh, underrated guys for the season. I like that pick. I mean, I don't know if I'd go top 10, but I can't say that I wouldn't either. Again, you mentioned the weather in that first game. Only threw 17 passes. That's really all he could do in that type of weather. But still, two touchdowns. Ran the ball 11 times. He's quick to take off. He's ready for it. He just shows a lot of confidence, and that's huge for a guy that I feel like everyone kind of gave up on after last year. No one really thought he would be what he was supposed to be coming out of Ohio State. So, I mean, I like that pick. I like that pick a lot, and he was definitely a guy you could get later in drafts. So, by no means would I be surprised that he finished his top 10. I'm a little concerned with the, the offense he's got around him. Uh, Montgomery's That's the part that, questionable. that backs me up a little bit and made me say QB12. That was the slot I yeah. had him at. So same as you saying Winston's going to be QB12, I have Fields as my QB12. So I think they're going to be pretty interchangeable by the end of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if Winston sneaks up even higher. So I, I'm comfortable with Winston more even than Fields. But I just wasn't hearing a lot about Fields, and all I was hearing was about how bad Chicago's offense was. And don't get me wrong, I agree last year it was, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a different side of Chicago this year. Is I guess all I was trying to push for. And, I mean, off the start, we already got Herbert with a rib injury. We already got, I mean, Joe Burrow got beat up that first game. Didn't look great. Uh, Tom Brady, we're not sure what we're going to see. Dak's already injured. A lot of these top guys, Aaron Rodgers looked like a shell of himself week one. Not saying a lot of these guys are going to stay bad. I think a lot of these guys might turn it back around. But at the same time, I, I, I think Herbert's already sneaking up the ranks slowly. And that monsoon game, he had a better game than Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, I, I think... I think Justin Fields got some potential this season. Definitely do not disagree there. All the potential in the world for a young guy like that. Again, looks very confident with the ball in his hands. Um, I'll go in with another of my underrated picks. Isaiah Likely, tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. This guy was an absolute stud in the preseason. And again, I know preseason is one thing, regular season is another. Um, Highest catch rate among all receivers in the preseason. So a lot of you know hype going in, and I'm really big on this guy. Um, unranked across pretty much all platforms. No one's really expecting a lot out of him, and I get it. Mark Andrews is there. But I really think this guy could be a great stash, especially for the later half of the season when he gets it you know, a little bit more comfortable uh, playing out there because not really some great receivers in Baltimore, and this guy can even stretch the field as a receiver. He's played both tight end and wide receiver. Um, first game, yeah, disappointing, no catches, but four targets, playing about half the snaps. And you know the Ravens love their two tight end sets, so 50% of the snaps is huge in his first game. I really like this guy. can get him at a, you know, basically free value. No one's really talking about him. So Isaiah Likely, I think he finishes very strong top 15 tight end category for sure. Um, I think he's only going to get better as the weeks go by. Um, so generally with likely, I, tight ends in general, 
not a lot finish high. There's not a lot of good tight ends. There's just no doubt about it. And they're very scrambled. You know how tight ends are. You get a touchdown, you're happy with your tight end usually. If it's not Kelsey or Andrews. So I'm not I'm not hating your ranking. I wouldn't be surprised if he's basically close to the edge of a tight end one by the end of the season. The one thing I don't like is assuming Lamar Jackson can feed more than one mouth. I don't know how good Lamar can get the ball out of his hands to his wideouts. He just lost the best wide receiver he did have. I don't love Hollywood Brown, but that was his number one. Uh, we saw him be pretty good with Duvernay and uh, Bateman. We saw some chemistry there in the first game of the season. I would be surprised if he can, this season, continue to feed both Andrews and Likely and those wide receivers. So I think if one of the wide receivers or Andrews takes a dip, we could see Likely do what you're expecting him to do, which is a top 15. So I'm not opposed to the ranking. I just I don't love Likely purely because of the quarterback throwing him the ball. So that's that's where I I guess I agree and disagree at the same time. No, I get your point there totally. And on a completely different note, if you're in a dynasty league and you want to grab this guy, I think that's one of the best things you can do because all of the the athletic points and everything you see from him, he's got he's got all the tools. But again, totally understand where you're coming from. Can that Ravens offense, that run heavy Ravens offense? with Lamar Jackson, spread it around enough. I guess it's going to depend on how much he can show and how high you can climb up the depth chart. So totally get where you're coming from there. Um, let's go with your next one. What do you want to hit us with? Uh, so I'm going to come at you guys with uh, another one of my underrateds. Um, again, this is another one that looks a little weird post-week one, but uh, C.D. Lamp. Uh, preseason, I talked to I don't know how many people, and I said the same thing. I said I could easily see C.D. being one of the best, if not the best, wide receivers in the league this year. I've been consistently ranking uh, Justin Jefferson as my number one overall, and I've been saying I could comfortably put CD at two. I was putting CD above Jamar Chase, above Cooper Cup. Uh, the Cooper Cup thing looks totally crazy right now. Yeah, Chase looked really good week one, and now on top of that, Dak going down does not look great for CD. One thing I will say is CD showed a little bit of a repertoire with Rush last season. I'll rush like to target him. There's the rumors of Garoppolo going back to Dallas. So I'm not saying CD's value on. That's the last thing I'm saying. I think CD still has some potential. Uh, he was ranked as the 7 approximately in ESPN, 7 in Fantasy Pros, and about the 5 in the Yahoo. I said he'd be top 3. For now, I'm just going to stick to it because that was my preseason ranking. I honestly and truly don't actually see CD being a top 3 wide receiver at the exact moment. We'll see how week 2 goes with Cooper Rush. Maybe CD shows enough to say that there's still a chance. Maybe there's some injuries as the season goes on. I mean, Cooper Cup's not the biggest wide receiver, neither is Jefferson. A lot of these guys nowadays are a lot more slim and fast. So let's see how the season goes. Um, for now, I'm going to stick to my ranking of saying CD will be top three, but uh, I would not be surprised if I'm wrong on this one. Yeah, I mean, CD is a an interesting question mark, I guess, for me. I mean, still got Pepper with targets that first game. The Cowboys look completely out of sorts, so I'm not going to put all that on him, but... There's many catches that he, he should have made. There's many routes he should have ran a little bit differently. Not as much separation as you like to see from a guy as talented as him. But throughout his career, he's shown those types of games, those types of moments where he's been a little disappointing. So I kind of get where he was ranked initially at that seven spot or so. Um, I think with that Dak injury, very hard for me to, to say or believe in him finishing top three. I just think there's a lot more talent around these other wide receivers a lot better quarterback play to get them the ball um i like cd a lot but 
I think I'd leave him right about where he's at, maybe drop him to the 10 spot, and that's that's personally where I would be at with him. To the 10? you drop him that far? Considering the, the case we're at now, right now with Dak, I don't know. It's just a big question mark so, for me. I wouldn't invest too much. Quick fire. I'm going to name the receiver. You just say higher or lower. And what this is going to be is I'm going to say the receiver's name. If you say higher, it means he's going to finish high. If you say lower, he's going to finish lower than CD. Okay. I'll just see where he ends up. Cup. Higher. Chase. Higher. Diggs. Higher. Adams. Higher. Debo. Mm, probably higher only because of the quarterback situation. Uh, Mike Evans. Lower. Tyreek Hill. Higher. A.J. Brown. A.J. is uh, a monster higher. <laughs> Higgins. No, I don't see Higgins doing better. Pittman. Pittman's definitely higher. Sutton. Sutton's lower. Uh, DJ Moore. Not a big DJ Moore fan. Mike Williams. Mike Williams is probably higher. Keenan Allen. Keenan's probably right with Mike Williams. I'd say higher for now. So you got Keenan Williams. That's two. Pittman three. Brown four. Hill five. Uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You actually have eleven wide receivers finishing ahead of CD. Okay. Uh, with you going back over that, I don't totally disagree. I do think CD gets it together and finishes ahead of the likes of like Pittman, and I think the Chargers split too much between Williams and Keaton, so I think he finishes ahead of them as well. That's fair. So I'm gonna go. I wouldn't be surprised to see CD exactly where he was ranked. I wouldn't be surprised to see him come out seven. If CD comes out as far as you're saying, where you're saying twelve, I would honestly be surprised. But I guess uh, that'll just be something we'll see as the season goes on. Uh, so who you got next on your list? Uh, we'll keep it going with actually let's do baited throw it in here and we just talked about him a little bit dj moore dj moore is i'm not huge on going into this fantasy season i'm about the 12 rank in a ppr for espn 14 fantasy pros also 12 yahoo the best case i see for this guy is like 20 i don't know 18 20 somewhere around there uh i just don't see this crazy offense around him i don't see him being this dominant receiver either he's a great great talent but i just don't see how he landed in those spots in a lot of these drafts um he gets his target share i don't think baker mayfield is really an upgrade at quarterback i don't think he is a plus for a lot of his wide receivers um dj moore is just a guy i'm not huge on i think there's a lot of guys you can take at his spot that are gonna pay off a little bit better uh so what i will say i hated dj moore coming into this year i don't see dj moore doing much to at all in carolina uh carolina loves to feed mccaffrey uh baker mayfield's shown no ability to get into a good groove with any wide receiver i mean we've seen him he struggled with everything from obj to whoever else we threw at him in uh, cleveland so i don't like anything about dj moore i would comfortably say he's not even gonna finish top 20 so I'm fine with your pick on that one. I actually love that pick. Uh, if it wasn't your pick, it would have been mine. When we sat down to this in the preseason, uh, DJ yep. Moore was in the back of my mind when you rolled DJ Moore out. So I'm totally comfortable with that number 20. I wouldn't be surprised if Robbie Anderson finishes ahead of him, and I, I want nothing to do with Robbie Anderson either. So uh, I I don't mind that pick at all with uh, DJ Moore. I guess uh, continuing on that, uh, I'm going to come in with a wide receiver who I think was a little higher than expected, and that's T. Higgins. So, I see the Bengals having a little bit of a, I don't want to say a downturn. I mean, not making the Super Bowl isn't a downturn for most teams. Some teams will be happy just to get into the uh, conference championship. But 
I don't know if Burrow will have the stats he had last year, and I don't know if all of the wide receivers and running backs from last year will get to maintain what they did. I wouldn't be surprised if Chase gets his. So Chase will get yards, his points, and Chase will not put up points. I don't know if Burrow did enough to feed to where they had him ranked. They had him at number 7 in ESPN, number 8 in Fantasy Pros, number 9 in Yahoo. So a consensus of 8. I mean, that list you just went over. I like all 12 of the guys that we said over T. Higgins. So, I mean, I had... I had T. Higgins outside the top 20. I said he'd be 20th. The same way you have DJ Moore at 20, I said T. Higgins would be my number 20. I mean, it's very hard to disagree with that. I think a lot of that was the hype train from last year, riding on the Bengals. I think a lot of regression is in store for them. You mentioned Chase. That's like a -a once-in-a-lifetime type wide receiver. He's going to keep producing. I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about Mixon. He's got little to no competition. P. Ryan is not going to be... You know, battling him for snaps regularly. Uh, Higgins always been kind of a question mark. I mean, I can't really comfortably say that he will finish that much better than Tyler Boyd. I think they're at the same spot for me. Um, yeah, I think a lot of that is just carrying over the hype train, and I think the the Bengals are in for a bit of regression this season. Um, keeping it moving, I'm gonna go with one of my underrateds. Keep it on the wide receiver topic. Easy to say now it might be after the week one performance, but A.J. Brown is an absolute monster. That guy, the fact that he was going 11 ESPN, 14 in terms of PPR, 10th in Fantasy Pros, 10 in Yahoo. He didn't crack the top 10 anywhere. What were people watching last year when he was on the so, Titans? What did they What did they not see? As funny as this sounds, this is one of the biggest disagreements we had in this list when we did a preseason I, I didn't see the A.J. Brown love. I like A.J. Brown. He seemed like a big play wide receiver. He can get up there and get it, yeah. Well, what do you like about Jalen Hurts? I, I don't know if Jalen Hurts could throw the ball into the ocean. I mean, he, he showed me nothing to make me say, this guy can get into a rhythm with a wide receiver and consistently get him the ball 10-plus times or make sure he gets it. I saw I liked Goddard more than A.J. Brown going this year. Goddard was my guy in Philly saying, this guy's going to get those little dinks and dumps from Hurts. He's going to get those garbage time catches. There was also a lot of love for the Eagles that I, I didn't see. I didn't like anything about the Eagles going into this year. I'm not sure who their running back is. I, I'm still not sure, but that's a different conversation. I think their running back is Jalen Hurts by the looks of it. I mean, he gets he gets around. We saw in Detroit. I mean, I mean, I didn't love anything about A.J. Brown or the Eagles. So you were dead set on A.J. Brown being four or above, and I thought you were totally insane. Week one watching that game and seeing them borderline force-feed A.J. Brown the ball. Now, the Lions secondary doesn't help anything, but watching the way that they force-fed that ball to A.J. Brown, I'm 100% on board with you. I don't know about top four, but there's no way he's not like a top six or top eight wideout this year. I, I don't see how he would not be. Injuries, obviously, forgiving. If he doesn't get injured, this guy's top six, no doubt in my mind right now. I mean, I love that, though. I love that running game you mentioned. I love that they don't have that number one guy that they can keep giving the ball to consistently. They're going to be throwing. And Jalen Hurts, for what it's worth, is more accurate than he was last year. But regardless, he's going to throw it downfield. The guy has an arm. If you can get it in the vicinity of A.J. Brown, he's going to get production. Devontae Smith, I'm not worried about. Other than that, go dare sure he can get a few targets here and there. But A.J. Brown is the guy. And again, I don't know what people didn't see last year. I don't know if they weren't watching Titans games, but this guy is a phenom. And to land outside of the top 10, I just think is inexcusable. I don't, I don't understand that at all. If he lands outside of the top six, I'll be shocked. 
I'll eat my words, but I digress. Who's your next guy? So on the note of wide receivers, and here's one that might look crazy right now, but again, I had some love for the Chicago offense that you obviously didn't. That was another big point of discontent That's that true. we had in the preseason. Uh, I love David Montgomery going into the year. You hated David Montgomery. I like Justin Fields. You were kind of indifferent on him. And my next guy, Mooney. I loved Mooney going into this year. Uh, number 22 in ESPN on PPR. Number 24 in non-PPR. 26 in Fantasy Pros. 30 in Yahoo. To me, this guy was a lock to be an outside wide receiver, too. He's the only guy in Chicago that I'm comfortable getting the ball to. Uh, Cole Komet showing some signs. I'm, I'm not sure how comfortable I am with him. I think David Montgomery is the guy in Chicago, and I think right behind him is Mooney. So for me, Mooney, I was, I was comfortable saying Mooney's going to be not just a wide receiver too, but I was saying he's a borderline top-end wide receiver too. So I was saying 20 to 18 is where I put him. I'm going to stick to 20 for now. I know the season didn't start out great for him. I mean, I, I swear it feels like he made one grab last week, but I still see Mooney turning it around and having a good season. I like Mooney. I mean... I'm just a little skeptical, I guess. I don't know. Never really took him into consideration as being that guy. I thought he was always just kind of a complimentary piece, but he needs... I think it would help him if he had that one more receiver. Maybe if they didn't lose Allen Robinson, I think it would help him out a little bit more. I just don't know if he's got the skill set to be the guy for Fields. Uh, Again, remains to be seen. I do agree. Montgomery and that Herbert backfield, I think they're going to lean on that a lot. And let Justin Fields do, you know, the rest. But That's, 20, 20 is not nothing crazy. I'm, I'm not going to say there's no shot. I mean, if you're you're landing Mooney that late, I, I'm not mad about it. I, I like it. What I don't like is my next baited player here, Mike Evans. I don't know. This one I just, I'm not in on at all. 11 in ESPN PPR, 10 in non-PPR. Eight in Fantasy Pros and as low as seven in Yahoo. I don't know. I just don't see this guy realistically cracking like top 15 or so. Godwin, luckily for his his case in Fantasy, did end up with that injury in that first game. So, I mean, the target should come to him. But he's just never been a guy that I've seen, and you know this, you're the volume type guy. I've never seen him as a volume guy. And I feel like if you're landing as low as seven... There's got to be some kind of consistent consistent volume you're seeing to warrant being that high of a ranking. And I don't see that with Mike Evans. I think he's touchdown or bust. Um, I see his ranking being better in standard, sure. Will he get those red zone opportunities? Of course. He's a, he's a big guy. He should be getting those. Brady should be looking his way. But if I'm, I'm going off of what I said previously, I think they're going to be a lot more running base this year. And I think Brady's going to get it done when he needs to. But they're going to lean on the run game, and I think that's a, a big a big takeaway for Evans going forward. I'm a 1,000% with you on this one. I don't see Evans anywhere near the top 10. I wouldn't be surprised if the season ended and he wasn't even in the top 20. Uh, I think we're not sure what the Buccaneers are going to offer. Brady was randomly missing for two weeks. Uh, we don't even know why. Uh, Julio Jones was all the freaking talk in the offseason, how true. fast he is, how good he looks. They were getting Julio the ball week one. They were handing it off to him. I was telling you in the preseason that I agreed just from the Julio hype and from the hype that Godwin might actually make it back to week one that I agree with you Evans wasn't going to be there. Then on top of that, Godwin making it back week one and Fournette getting force-fed the ball. And Tampa Bay generally not looking great. I mean, they didn't look bad, but 
Dallas had that huge injury. Dallas already looked out of sorts before the injury, but post injury, I mean, Tampa Bay looked like they, they fell into a win. Nothing about it looked comfortable to me. I don't see them playing from behind a lot of games. I don't see them airing it out too much a lot of games. I think he gets his touchdowns. I agree with you. Top 15, I'm comfortable with that. I, I don't think he's breaking the top 15. So I'm totally fine with that answer. Yeah, top 15 is where I slot him at. And I mean, if you were a Ridley owner last year or you saw Russell Gage, he's on the Bucks now. He's going to take some targets away. He is a comfortable, safe receiver for the quarterback to check it down to get those, you know, medium range routes. So again, Glad we agree on this one. It might be the first one we agreed on, actually. <laughs> no, no, fully, we had a couple. Fully, no, we had least. a couple, but yeah. <laughs> this one on the spot, we're good with it, but go ahead with yours. What do you What do you have? One guy match? that I really, when it comes to baited, one guy I could not stand going into the season was James Conner. James Conner was going, for me, insanely high. I didn't see it. I don't like anything about Arizona. I think Kyler Murray's a me, me, me guy where he's going to get his fantasy points in the red zone. Connor, they take that ball out of Connor's hand all the time. Kyler Murray's going to pop in balls here and there. Uh, looking at it even now, Connor was ranked 15 on Fantasy Pros. I don't see Connor being in the top half of running back twos. I wouldn't be surprised. This is one guy that I told you about, Eno Benjamin. I was going to say, you, you've know, got so his jersey on your wall. Yeah, Come on, let's be real here. <laughs> I, I, I like Eno a lot, and I would not be surprised if by the end of this year we're talking about – I'm not saying Eno's going to take the job, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about – uh, for PPR, Eno's a decent flex play or something, and Connor is right. more of a touchdown dependent play. I, I don't see Connor as the guy. And another thing is, we've seen with Arizona historically, as the season goes on, they get worse and worse. So, what are we going to get from Connor by the end of the year? I don't know. They might be playing a lot of games from behind. And I don't think Connor's this pass catching bag that people think that he's just going to become. I, I don't see it. He's shown great ability with his hands in Arizona over the last year or two. Yeah, I agree. But. Overall, I had Connor sitting at my ranking. I had him at 22, approximately. So that's what I'm going to go with. I don't think Connor gets ahead of running back 22 by the end of the season. I can't disagree. I, I love Connor. Don't get me wrong. I love the story. This guy's a warrior. He's been through it all. To get diagnosed with something so serious back in 2015, coming out of pit, being told he's got a week to live and still you know, rehabbing, making it through, practicing, becoming one of the top running backs. Love the guy. But I can't disagree with the situation. I think Kyler Murray is going to, you know, ultimately take as much of the spotlight as he can. Not saying that's necessarily a wrong thing. He should be the guy there. But He's the quarterback. He is the quarterback. He's the franchise QB for sure. Love Eno Benjamin. I think he's got a lot of potential, too. He was going for free also. So, I mean, you can't go he wrong. Still there. He still is. I have Eno in my is. leagues for no reason. I've had people literally message me saying, who is this guy? Why are you grabbing him? And in some of the leagues where guys know usually me and you come out with a lot of the upper uh, hands yep. when we pick guys and people ask, like, who the heck is this guy? From the Cordell Pattersons that we picked up to other Look guys. Look at him now. Look at him now. <laughs> yeah, we usually hop in ahead of other people. I've had people message me, like, you really think this Eno guy is something? There's something about Eno Benjamin that just I'm attracted to. We'll see. We'll, maybe I'm totally wrong, but I got a feeling about Eno this season, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I respect it. Who you got going next? I'm going to round it out with my underrated category, and I mean, I don't see how you can disagree with this type of, this type of man here. Brian Robinson Jr. on the Washington Redskins. This guy was touted to be taking over Gibson's role. It was all but his. All but his, and of course, super freak situation gets 
robbed at gunpoint, shot. And what do you know? This guy's going to be out for like four, five weeks max. He's off crutches in like a week. He's already doing agility drills. I don't know. I I can just see this crazy. I don't. It could be me again being optimistic. I can see this crazy storyline in my head. Comes back, all the motivation in the world. This guy just had a life life or death situation basically happen. I think he's going to take over second half of the season. If you have an IR spot and you didn't pick up Brian Robinson to be in it, I don't know what you're doing. You either got. I would do Michael Gallup if Brian Robinson's gone. If not. Take Brian Robinson, stash him, please. I don't think Gibson's that good to begin with. McKissick is an afterthought. Take Brian Robinson. I think they're improved with Wentz at the QB spot. They're a lot more structured of an offense, and I think he is going to be huge down the stretch at the later end of the season when he returns. Could not agree more. I love Brian Robinson. I added Brian, I drafted him in one league hours before the news came out of the shooting. And I, I didn't cut him. That, that league, I don't even have an IR spot. I just have him on my bench. Everything that was coming out about, about Brian Robinson was he is the starter, which usually you don't see with someone like Gibson. Gibson had a fumble problem, but he, he was a solid running back. For a rookie to come in and in preseason, we usually don't see that. Usually how it works out is we get some hype in preseason, and then by week two, three, four, when he's out carrying or out, I guess, performing, when his yards per average are a little, little higher. That's when we see that the rookie is taking over from the veteran. I can't call Gibson a veteran, but from the seasoned back. And everything we heard in camp from Ron Rivera and everybody else was, this is the guy. Brian Robinson looks like he's going to be the guy in Washington. And I drafted Brian Robinson before he got shot, before that accident, after the accident. I love Brian Robinson. I'm still taking him. I'm stashing him. With the news looking like he might be back week five. I mean, they were saying today that he can't be at practice because he's on the pup. But he was on a bike. He's, he looks like he's dying to get out there. And I'm sure he is being a rookie. I think Brian Robinson, as early as week six, he might be the guy there. Maybe week five is like a warm-up week. And maybe week six, he's already the running back. I don't even think we got to wait till week eight or nine in the second half of the season. This guy might be the guy right away. I think all signs point to him being a great stash. And I think a lot of championship teams this year are going to have Brian Robinson on the roster. So I could not agree more with you. Uh, the one thing I will say, what rank do you have Brian Robinson at by the end oh, of the year? That is Where a good do you think question. he's going to sit? That is a good question. It's tough to say. Missing, as of right now, it may seem five games is what I'm hearing. is kind of the average of what people think he's going to miss. I guess let's assume six. Off the top of our head, let's say he plays ten games this year. Let's assume Ten six. games as a solid running back. Not running back one, but possibly. We're saying he's like a fringe running back one, too. So we're saying he's a definite flex. Possibly if he's your second running back and you got... A good rest of your squad, you're doing all right. So 10 games is a solid RB2. Where do you put this guy by the end of the year? I think the potential is there. I mean, the splitting worries me, especially getting worked in slowly. Yeah, he'll return, let's say, you know, after those six games or so. But how long will it take till he actually takes over how he was supposed to from the preseason? I could definitely see him slotting in at 20 easy i think he will get the work uh to do that i think he'll have the the fire within him to to compete like that i don't know this guy just i just got so a good feeling about fantasy him. pros had him at 55 55 is absurd i think i i'm comfortable saying this guy's gonna be a top 25 at the end of the year maybe i'm crazy people 25. have told me that it's a big deal he got shot obviously it's not like he rolled his ankle and he's gonna be back next week he got shot lower body we're not sure exactly where he got hit what got clipped but 
I'm comfortable right there with you to say Brian Robinson Jr. is going to be a top 25 running back by the end of the season. Absolutely. And please, if you you know, you know don't have him, he's not available, buy low on him right now because there are a lot of people, yeah, they picked him up. It might have been before the news came out, before you know the tragic shooting happened or whatever the case may be. But buy low now while you can. I, I don't know. I, I'm with you on the IR portion. If you got an empty IR spot, oh yeah. just add this guy and throw him in an IR. And I mean, there's there's just no reason to ever have an empty IR spot. If you have an IR spot, you grab an injured guy, you toss him in there, and this is the guy you want. I don't mind the Gallup thing too, but with Dak being out and I'm iffy on Gallup, I'm comfortable throwing Brian Robinson in my IR spot. Even if you hate him, if you think we're totally crazy and there's a 5% chance of him being decent, you throw him in your IR spot, you stash him there, and then we see what happens. And let's say we're totally wrong, you lose nothing. You just cut him right out of your IR, or if one of your guys goes down, you flex him into the IR or push him to the IR and you throw Brian Robinson out. But I think if he's available in any league that has an IR spot, that is absolutely insane to me. Oh, yeah. Nothing to lose, everything to gain. This is one of those guys that could be the the winner down the stretch. You're a league winner. Yeah. Um, but kick it off next. We got only a couple more here, it looks so like. My last underrated guy was Edward Zulaire. I loved Edward Zulaire going into the offseason. I was getting him fourth, fifth round in a lot of leagues. I think in one league, I even scooped him at the beginning of the sixth. So, I mean, Edward Zulaire being ranked 25 in ESPN, 29 in Fantasy Pros, and 28 in Yahoo. How how could Edwards Hilaire be outside of running back two territory? He's a a starting running back on that team. I mean, it's it's the freaking Kansas City Chiefs. I know they lost Hill, but that's still a a good team with a great back. I mean, and then to start the season, we saw Edwards Hilaire is getting catches. He's getting in that end zone. He he's the guy. Yeah, we've heard about Panchero and yeah, McKinnon's nothing to laugh about. They have good backs, but. I, I think if Edwards Hilaire is healthy all year, I don't see how anyone could assume he could be outside of the top 20. I even went so far as saying I think he's going to be 16 and up this season. I think he's going to be ranked as number 16 by the end of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if he slips into maybe even 12. Maybe he ends the season as an RB1. So I, I think 16 was the spot where I put Hilaire, and I'm, I'm still comfortable with 16. If anything, I'm happier with seeing how the season's going. I think he would have got that touchdown that McKinnon got if he didn't get stepped on. So I think Ilaire could have came out and been a top five back after two weeks. That's that's crazy to me. I don't think he was going to be that good. But I'm, at this point, my top 16, is I'm as comfortable as it gets with that spot that I put him in. Yeah, it's definitely mind-boggling now that you're bringing up where he was ranked at. I mean, you're the starting running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, that... But that just gives you enough potential to be one of the top backs alone, sitting behind Patrick Mahomes. You let him take all the pressure off of you. You're going to break a big run. We've been seeing him break big runs. Uh, I definitely think a lot of it carried over from how we saw in the playoffs, Jarek McKinnon take over. He had a lot of impressive performances, really good pass-catching back. Of course, they draft Pacheco. I don't know how involved he's really going to be. He did have a touchdown. Um I one thing I'm skeptical on a little bit, and it kind of relates to Eckler as well. I don't see that they fully trust him in the red zone, or for some reason, one reason or another, they don't want to commit to him in the red zone. Um, McKinnon seems like the guy that's favored. I don't know if it's because he is the more seasoned vet or what the case is, but regardless, uh, definitely top 16. I don't think is out of the realm of possibility at all. I can, I would bet money that he does finish top 16 or better. Um, so I like that pick a lot. Really good find there. Game log, first two games. Yeah, the attempts don't look great. Seven attempts first game, eight attempts second game. 
uh, three targets for three receptions first game, four targets for four receptions second game. So first game, 10 touches. Second game, 12 touches. Uh, first game, got an end zone twice. Second game, with that injury, like I said, he got he was out for a while. He missed a drive yeah. or two. So, I mean, it looks like they might be getting more involved. I feel like Chiefs might have been with where you're saying, where they weren't 100% sure on him. But I think by week four or five, we might see that this guy could be one of those 20 touches a game guys. Like, I, I would not be surprised. No, they're definitely trying to get more and more involved, and it's great to see because a lot of people this season, especially going into it, they were saying this guy's a bust. Like the, he was not—he's not the guy that they drafted. He's not who they thought he was, basically. I think sometimes and, people grow to have to expect a little too much out of. Yeah, you're you're a back on the Chiefs, and you're really expecting this crazy stat line. It's Mahomes. He's he's going to be the one with the crazy stat lines more often than not. But again, top sixteen. Easily can see that. Um, I guess I'll finish it off. Got one left. That is my baited player. Last one. J.K. Dobbins. Have not heard that name in a while on the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Consensus about 26. And that's nothing crazy, but considering the fact that he's ahead of guys like Cordero Patterson, uh, it seems a little bit outlandish to me. Coming off the ACL tear... Wasn't ready for week one. I I would be very surprised if he's ready for week two. And if he is playing, I don't think he's going to get much of a snap count. Combine that with the fact the Ravens are the prototypical committee team. They're going to spread it around as much as possible. They're going to involve every running back on the roster. The fact that Dobbins was landing at 26 doesn't really make sense to me. Uh Example on that fact, you're looking at the Bears. You've got Montgomery, you've got Herbert. They're two guys. You're looking at the rankings, and Herbert is landing at 47, 21 spots behind Dobbins. I haven't seen anything from Dobbins to suggest that he's this 10 times better athlete than Herbert. I haven't seen that he's better catching the ball in the red zone. Nothing like that. And then you consider the fact that he's on a team that's going to spread it around the backfield as much as possible. I pass on Dobbins. I don't see why he was ranked at the spot he was at. I would comfortably take Herbert, and I would comfortably, more than comfortably, take Patterson um, over him. And that's why I've got Dobbins there. So I love the first part of your statement where I also do not like Dobbins this year. What freaked me out was the Kenyon Drake signing. That, to me, was all signs point to Dobbins is either not looking great or that injury is lingering a little more than they expected. Another thing is... The Achilles is always a, a, not a great injury to hit. Did I say ACL tear? I'm not I sure. think I might have said ACL tear. Either way, Achilles. I'm pretty sure regardless. you <laughs> So regardless, Dobbins is not not the guy I think everyone thought he was going to be. Coming out of Ohio State, everyone's expecting like another Zeke Elliott to come in and just take over the league, and I didn't see it. The one thing I will say about your statement that I disagree on is Khalil Herbert. Yeah, he's had good yardage, and I think Chicago loves Montgomery. So I don't hate Herbert's ranking. I do think Dobbins finishes ahead of Herbert. Cordell Patterson, I agree with you 100%. Cordell Patterson's finishing ahead of Dobbins. There's no conversation to me. But Dobbins, I think, finishes ahead of Herbert. That's why I had Dobbins at about the 36th spot. You love your Montgomery. Yes, That's I do. what it comes yes, down to. I, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I mean, it's, it's one or the other. You're either working in a committee or you're working behind a workhorse and cleaning up his scraps. So I totally get that. They... Uh, they could definitely flip-flop between each other. But, what spot uh, did you end up having him at for our rankings? For Herbert? Yeah. Or? No, for... Um, for Dobbins, I 
comfortably. Again, I said I would put him behind Herbert. I think he's going to be borderline unstartable as the season goes on. So you on. want to just call him a 40? You're going to say he's at the finishing 40? put him at a clean 40 spot or so. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, all right. Well, that was... Baited or underrated? I hope you guys had fun with that one. Uh, we're going to check in weekly on our baited and underrateds, and we're going to see exactly how close we are and where we rank. We're going to follow it very closely and see uh, how good our predictions were from the preseason. See A.J. Brown at number one, probably. <laughs> I guess we'll see if that works out. So now we're going to roll into our next segment. Instant Impact. All right, guys, here's Instant Impact. So first of all, apologies for the length of this episode. Uh, last segment went a little long, but that's only because we really dove into our highs and lows of the year with baited and underrated. Uh, in the future, these episodes will be shorter. Baited and underrated will be a little bit of a quicker chug. It won't be the hour-long gap that you guys just dealt with. But now we're going to move into Instant Impact. So I'm going to let Sonny dive in and explain what Instant Impact is to you guys. So essentially, our Instant Impact section of the show is going to be this upcoming week. Who are the guys that you want to slot in to start for you? And who do you want to avoid? Who can you take out if need be, if you have a backup, and uh, roll with someone else? Uh. Yeah, so for Instant Impact, you guys are going to get a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, and then a flex or tight end for the last spot. So that's what we're going to give you for both highs and lows for the week. So now I'm going to pan it over to Sonny, and I'm going to let Sonny hit you with his uh, four highs for the week. Coming in at quarterback for me, Carson Wentz had a great week last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think he's going to continue that trend against the Lions. Not a very good defense. Got him at 15th. I think he can easily finish inside the top 10. Coming at wide receiver, Corey Davis of the New York Jets. Ranked 54th for this week. I think he finishes a lot better. He's getting the targets that he needs. On a side note, if T. Higgins is out for the Bengals, Tyler Boyd is a great pick to put into your starting lineup. Rank 40, I think he finishes a lot better, has a, a lot larger target share. At running back, I've got Cordero Patterson, ranked 18th. Uh, something to consider here, Damien Williams is out. Patterson's been getting the majority of the work. He's gonna continue to do so. Uh, I think he's got a pretty decent matchup on his hands. And with that Damian Williams injury, Tyler Algier ranked at 81st. He's going to make his NFL debut, I'm pretty sure, here. Guy to keep an eye on for the season, especially if you're in a dynasty league. Last but not least, that man at tight end, Bobby Tanyan. Robert Tanyan Jr. on the Packers. I think he is going to command a lot of the targets this week as well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers should feed him. Ranked 15th, I think he finishes inside the top eight of tight ends, and he scores a touchdown for you. Elvin, what are your highs this week? All right, my highs coming in at quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. I like your Tunyon pick. Uh, Rodgers, I think, owns Chicago, as he let us know last year, and I think this year he keeps it up. And everyone's talking about how he's done after last week, so I think this week he shows up. Uh, C.D. Lamb ranks 20th. I don't see him being that low. I think Cooper Rush gets in the ball. I think Dallas play calls around C.D. Lamb and make sure he gets the ball in his hands. So I'm going to get C.D. Lamb. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends as a wide receiver one this, this week. Uh, running back, I got David Montgomery, ranked number 24. I know he had a bad week in that monsoon last week, but he also had 66% of snap percentages on in a game that was kind of run first. I know they got behind, but it was, it was hard to pass. So I think Montgomery easily gets up to the mid-level RB2s, possibly even sneaks into an RB1 with a touchdown. 
And then I also love one of the Jets. Elijah Moore is my guy for this week, ranked 30. He had a 90% snap percentage. Uh, Joe Flacco will get him the ball more this week. He had a touchdown called back last week for pushing off. Uh, I think he gets an end zone this weekend. It's not called back. So Elijah Moore is going to be my final high for the week. Uh, so where are you sitting for your instant lows, Sonny? So for my lows, I'm starting off with none other than Tom Brady himself. Ranked at 12. Nothing crazy there, but if you watched him against the Saints in the recent matchups they've had, he has struggled. I think that's going to continue. Uh, wide receiver, I've got Debo Samuel. He's sitting at rank 9 here. I think that... He has produced against Seattle in the past, but I don't know. I just I I got a feeling he's not gonna not gonna do what he needs to do this week. Call me crazy, but we'll see. At running back, Alvin Kamara, we have mentioned him, rib injury, nursing that, and he's going up against a very tough Buccaneers front line. Uh, rank 13, I think he can finish outside the top 20 easily. Again, if he starts. Um, and then to finish it off, we've got the tight end Kyle Pitts, uh, ranked as the fourth tight end there. Against the Rams, Bobby Wagner chasing him around. I'm a little bit skeptical there. I think he's going to be a bust this week. That is going to round out my instant lows for the week. Elvin, who are your lows? Uh, my lows, I want a similar route. I guess to start with the tight end. Uh, Waller, who's ranked third. I don't see it. Uh, Adams gets, I swear, 50% of the balls, and I think that continues. So I don't see Waller being as the third-ranked tight end. I don't think he's going to be a must-bench because you probably don't have anybody to put in for him because you probably grabbed him a little high. But uh, don't expect a lot from Waller. Uh, my running back is DeAndre Swift. I Swift has been nursing an injury all week. The Lions' offensive line looks shaken. They have a couple of linemen who haven't practiced all week. Uh, Vitae is out for long term, so that line definitely shaken. Uh, we don't know what that Washington game is really going to look like. Uh, Washington had a decent amount of possession last game, so I think Swift doesn't show up for that seventh overall rank, and I think even. I wouldn't even be surprised if he doesn't play. So we're going to see what we get from Swift, but definitely not top seven. Uh, going into Mike Evans for my wide receiver, ranked nine. Only had 73% of snaps last week. Uh, the Buccaneers generally, to me, didn't look comfortable. And I don't think Evans is going to be any better this week. I see him far outside of the ninth. I don't like Evans at all this week. And rounding it off with my quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Uh, Hurts ranked four. I don't see it. I don't think he might run around a little bit. He might get some points, but I don't think he's ending above the top six. I'd be. I wouldn't be surprised to see him at the bottom end of the top ten. Again, probably a guy you're still starting because you're not finding a replacement on short notice. But don't expect what you got from last week for Hurts this week. That rounds off my four lows, uh, and that was instant impact. All right, guys. Uh, that rounds off that portion. Uh, Sonny, is there anything else you want to add for the outlook this week for any other players or individuals? No, I think we just about covered everything for the outlook this week. Um, Alright, well if that's the case, one last time I want to thank you guys for joining us on our first episode. Apologizing for the length. Um, we will <laughs> condense most of them going forward. Don't expect to get an hour and a half. Unless you guys like it, we can make sure to get you guys enough uh, information to keep this hour and a half packed. So, I guess we'll see how the audience reacts to that one. Uh, anything else you got left to add, Sonny? Uh, no, again, definitely going to be more condensed moving forward. Just needed, you know, that bigger block of time to explain everything to you guys. But thank you so much for joining us. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Google as well. Please hit us with a like, rating, subscribe. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, until next time. Uh, thank you guys again.
Uh, can't wait to see you guys for the next episode. The next episode is going to be our betting episode. We're very excited to roll that one out. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks. Thanks.